Hello partners, friends, lovers of God around the world. Such an honor to be with you once again. If you're watching this broadcast live, I want to encourage you to like and share this broadcast uh, on social media. We're so honored every time people spend their quality time to receive from this ministry. Remember, every Thursday, 8 excuse me, 6.30 Eastern at abdersuarez.com, a new broadcast premieres. If you want to catch previous broadcasts, abdersuarez.com and also tell you everything taking place in our ministry. Tonight, I am really privileged. My dear friend, Pastor Joe Pastore, Senior Pastor of Bethel Assembly of God in Newark, New Jersey. And uh, I have known Pastor Joe, I think, since I was maybe seven or eight years old. And so uh, it's just a beautiful thing over the years that as a child, I grew up just seeing you minister. You were a young man then. You're still younger, I'm, and I'm a little younger, but um, it's just a joy that uh, people that you looked up to as a child, now that you get to co-labor with them in the things of the Lord. And uh, Pastor Joe, you have been around Bethel Assembly of God, which is in Newark, New Jersey, inner city place, also has just an amazing history, an amazing place in Pentecostal history. Mm -hmm. You said Bethel Bible College here. You said Bethel uh, Christian Academy here. You were the principal of that. You were a youth pastor. You met your wife here. So you have a lot of experience in uh, inner city ministry. And uh, I, just, I just wanted to just begin just our conversation together by, why don't you just tell us just kind of how you got called into this, your, and, and just what you see as the unique dynamics and environment of, of a place like Bethel, Newark, that's maybe different from other places. Well, you know, what was interesting was I, I grew up not far from here. I grew right. up in Bloomfield, maybe about four or so miles away from here. Mm -hmm. um, of course, my family has roots here in Newark. Okay. And so um, uh, one of the things when I received Christ at 16 years old, when I received mm -hmm. the Lord Jesus, um, I always kind of had a sense that there was a special need in the city. And so even as I started attending a church, um, I had attended a church for many years, not far from here, also in Newark. And just there was that sense of, you know, there, there's profound need in an urban environment. And I looked at it as a kind of a missions call. And I often tell this story back when I was a Christian school teacher. And a friend and I, we were out having lunch somewhere. And I told him... I said, someday I'm going, to end, I'm going to end up either in the heart of China or in the heart of Newark. Well, as you wow. can see, it actually turned out to be yeah. the heart of Newark because I sensed that there was a missions aspect to that calling. And what's interesting about that is that my wife, who is from South Carolina... Yeah, it's very um, interesting. Yeah. Right. And yeah. she, what brought her here was that she had a call to missions. And that, that answered her call to missions when our principal back then, the principal of school, went to her school southeastern in Lakeland, Florida, and presented the opportunity to teach here in the urban northeast. It just spoke to her heart. And that for her was an answer to that call to missions. Mm. And so she came here, never looked back after 30, 33 years Wow. Never looked back, and so that was that was part of the thing is that there was a sense of a, a, a missions 
uh, call to it. And in part because there is a cross-cultural aspect to it. Um, and there is. one of the things that is, is wonderful about a place like Bethel Newark is the fact that we are indeed a multicultural congregation. Yeah. It's one of the strengths of Bethel Newark. And I think that when you experience the richness of the many different cultures that call this their home, you really get a foretaste of heaven because the Word of God says that when we, um, when John had the vision mm-hmm. and he saw the saints gather on the, the throne, mm-hmm. he said they were, they were from every tribe, every tongue, every kindred, every nation. And so in as much as we can experience that here, mm. um, we are experiencing a little bit of heaven. Yeah. I, I want to, something jumped out to me and it was like, you said you grew up four miles from here in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And now over 30 years of ministering in this environment that's unique, that, that is very much, I totally agree with you, like a mission field, a different expression uh, than maybe obviously a rural town or even a, a suburban town. But here's what jumped really at, at me, and this is even in America and even around the world where I've gone, that though you grew up four miles from here, your life experience, your upbringing was probably very different than some of the people that are that live right in this community. And it just speaks to me of how that you can be million dollar homes, this and that, different sort of mindset, different, um, just really a different societal mm-hmm. view, worldview, not necessarily worldview, but different experience, but literally just miles from a different place that when you come here, there's a, there's a different life experience people have, and that's the environment that you're ministering in. Yeah, and, and, and there's no doubt that there, there, were, there was that aspect of it being different. And yet at the same time, having grown up so close to here, I, we did have ties here. I had family oh, ties that good. were here. Yeah, so yeah. I was actually quite familiar. My aunt used to live over on Highland Avenue, so we regularly used to come okay. here. And so there was that, that familiarity. Um, there was that sense of, of, you know, I did know... Um, in fact, this very neighborhood, in fact, was you know, quite familiar. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's, I guess what you're referring to is how God can use all of the different aspects. In some respects, you could say that my upbringing is very different um, than, say, um, here where, where I'm ministering yeah. now. Yeah, that's more what I was hitting on. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and yet at the same time, um, there were elements of common ground that I could draw from. But, you know, it, it really... See, God uses everything in a person's background, I believe, to prepare them for for what he's going to use them to do. And so um, the the thing to do is if you view it as a missions call, Hmm. then I think that that really um, gives dimension to what you're doing. And the truth of the matter is, no matter what it is that we are called to do, there is an element of missions to it. There is an element of being called to a people and being used to reach a people. And and, and so, you know, sometimes it may, the cross-cultural aspect may be more profound Uh as in going to a different nation that speaks an entirely different language. But I think what you're referring to is often people miss the more subtle aspects of cross-cultural ministry yeah for example which i think is just 
important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I married a woman who was from South Carolina. And uh, when yeah, I tell right, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to talk yeah. about crossing culture. Well, myself, I'm marrying somebody <laughs> Southern Belle. You see what I mean? And, yeah. and, the, the, and I never realized as a younger person how much I was crossing culture just by doing that. And it's the same thing here. And, and, and recognizing the cross-cultural aspect of what you're doing is so important because a lot of times if you're not sensitive to a person's culture, you could be disrespecting them or offending them in ways you never intended mm -hmm. because you're not cognizant of certain aspects of that culture. And I remember, um, can, I, can I give you an example? Yeah, back, from, back from the days when I was youth pastor. When you remember back yeah. when I was youth pastor, one of the things, um, um, I, most of our youth group, if you remember back then, I mean, most of our youth group was Hispanic. The, the, right. the young people yeah, right. had to be 90 or so percent Hispanic. Yeah, exactly. And That's what I'm talking about. You got this young Italian yeah, guy. Yeah, right, all, exactly. And all these Hispanic guys. But it was wonderful. And what was really neat was how often they would teach me. Mm -hmm. um, it's a process that uh, Earl Kreps, uh, in his book, um, Off-Roads, I believe it's Off-Roads Leadership, talks about reverse mentoring. So often, they were the ones who were teaching me about aspects of their culture. Mm -hmm. And I asked them one time, why? Because in my culture growing up, if you were being corrected, your elders would always say, look at me, look at me in the eyes. Because if you looked away, that was considered disrespectful. Whereas, mm -hmm. For our Hispanic, uh, our Hispanic teens, in their culture, if you looked at your authority figure and you were being corrected, that was considered yeah, disrespectful. So you had to look away, and mm -hmm. as a way of kind of showing contrition. Mm -hmm. And they helped me to better understand that. Mm -hmm. And there were other, a lot of different ways where they would educate me on aspects of the culture, so that I could be more sensitive. Mm. Uh, in, in understanding and this way you get a better perspective of where people are coming from because it's very easy to misunderstand um, you know certain things about people if you don't understand their culture that's good it's a good word there's there something that really uh, when you were talking a number of things number one the sense of calling to come here and that uh, I was just thinking for people watching this that many times when we think about a place that we know that God is sending us, and sometimes it's completely different from an environment that God has called us in. That could be missionally, in ministry, in another country, another place, but also even like God's called me to this company, or I got this opportunity, I'm looking for a job, but I don't really, I don't ever see myself there, but God's sending me there. So the fact that God sends you there, it goes back to something I even said last night in my teaching, that if I think if we position ourselves properly, even though it might not be something that we're familiar or we think that um, we can handle it, there are things that God has put in our life that have prepared us to be empowered for that moment. Yes, we'll have to lean into him. Yes, we'll have to learn some things. But if God is sending us in that moment, we are empowered to do it. God sent you here to Bethel Noor because he knew he could empower you. And there's something else that you, you, you mentioned that I think is really important too, that you came, and, and my experience as, as a young man was, you were very much accepted, we loved you, even though obviously it was a different culture, I wasn't that much different from you, but in a sense that there was a humility, and that when we do go into these new environments, 
there's a humility I think that we have to take and a childlikeness with the ability to learn or else we will not thrive. I think sometimes, and this is just even true in my own life, that our inability to adjust and be humble and learn in a moment mm-hmm. causes us some difficulties that God never intended. Absolutely. <laughs> Make no mistake. Yeah. And, and there was a humility there that you're like, hey, guys, teach me about this. Oh. Instead of, no, look at me when I'm correcting you. you oh. know? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But also you learn to appreciate things. In other words, it helps to broaden you as a person because you realize that there's so much more to what God is doing than, you know, what your own... Um, you know, your own section of the vineyard, as it were, your, your, you know, your own life experiences up to that point. And that's one of the things you have to do is maintain a certain childlikeness, as you were saying, a teachable spirit, mm-hmm. um, and also be very willing to accept change mm-hmm. and, and know that change is going to be the norm in, in a number of things. I mean, not only are we seeing rapid change in our culture, um, just with the passage of time, we're seeing change, but also even the way communities change and and certain uh, aspects of a daily life change. And so you've got to kind of learn to be able to, if God is in it, right. then you learn to rely on God, even to deal with those aspects which are uncomfortable. And chances are, anything that God calls you to do, there is going to be an element of discomfort. If there's not, it's probably not God. Yeah. You know, because you have stretching. to rely on God. There, yeah, there's yeah. God. I think the Lord allows enough familiarity um i guess for your sanity yeah but also enough so that we have to rely on the lord and bring those weaknesses to god or in some instances bring those weaknesses to your people and say please help me with this i'm here to learn from you as much as you're here to learn from me you know one of the things i've learned in any endeavor it's not like i think sometimes there's this thought of like well i made the choice now now i i kind of got this if we didn't constantly need faith, then, it, then why would we need God? And so I, I really, I live with this conviction. It's been my experience. I believe it bears itself out in scripture that every step of the way, if you're walking properly, you're always going to have to trust God for something because there's always a stretching. There's always, he really wants everything to be possible for us. And so with that, there's got to be this progression of trust in him. I agree with you there. Because if there's not, then we have this tendency to rely on self. Mm-hmm. And that is a very dangerous tendency. What I've always uh, said to our people, whenever you come to a place where you can, you are in a ministry and you can say to God, you know what, God, I got this. Right. That's exactly. a very dangerous place yeah. to be in. Yeah. Um, um, because it, 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 either you're not being stretched or perhaps you, you are unaware of the challenges that you're up against. And you, right. you could be clueless as yeah, it were yeah, to the yeah. real challenges there. And you, you, you are um, overestimating your own ability. You're underestimating the task. But one, one, one of the things along those lines too, is I was, I was reflecting this morning about the Lord Jesus Christ and the temptation that he went through. It's very interesting. Scripture says that our Lord Jesus was baptized and it was this really marvelous revelation of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, here you have Jesus being baptized. Yes. The Father, the voice from heaven coming, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus. Now, one of the things that's interesting, fascinating, and yet at the same time maybe a little distressing to some people is the Bible says it was the Spirit of God who led Jesus into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And to be tempted by the devil... 40 days. And so here you have Jesus being tempted 40 days in the desert. 
and he was and, and Satan comes and he tempts him. And, I, and when you look at Luke's when you look at Luke's interpretation of that, or the way the way Luke presents the chronology of events mm-hmm. in that passage, first he says, knowing that he was hungry, fasting forty days, turn these stones into bread. Mm-hmm. And there, um, he, as a spiritual leader, was being challenged um, to exercise what you would say is divine privilege. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he exercised divine privilege, yes, he could have done that. But he said, no, I'm going to rely on God. The Spirit led me here. The Spirit is going to empower me for this moment. Mm-hmm. And therefore, and he quoted the word of God. It is written, man shall not live by every word alone, but by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He then is tempted, and, and Luke's presentation, he presents to him all the kingdoms of the world and says, I'm going to give you all of this. Yeah you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus, um, again, resisted. So now the temptation was power. Somewhere in your leadership journey, you are going to be tempted um, with power. Mm-hmm. And are you going to be able to withstand that temptation of power? And that's where, through the Spirit, he was able to resist that temptation. But then what's interesting is... When Jesus resisted that temptation and says, no, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. He then says, oh, okay, so, so religion is your thing, right? Religion, okay, I'm going to take you to the temple now. Yeah. And now he tempts him, brings him to the pinnacle of the temple. And he tempts him with what I would call promotion. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, if religion is your thing, well, here. Brings him to the pinnacle of the temple. Throw yourself down from here. For he'll give his angels charge. They'll bear you up in their hands. Lest you dash your foot against the stone. And so here he's being challenged with promotion. And, 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 um, but yet again, Jesus, empowered by the Spirit, didn't take the bait. Mm-hmm. And said, no, I, I'm trusting God through this. And said, no, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. What I, what I love is that when the temptation was finished... He comes out of the wilderness. How? He comes out of the wilderness empowered by the Spirit. He then gets into the pulpit and says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to um, set the captive free, to open the blind eyes. To, you know, And mm-hmm. so he, he's empowered by the Spirit. He, he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He's tested and then comes out in the power of the Spirit. And so... The only way he could do that was to be totally dependent on God. But when we have that dependency on God, Mm -hmm. then we have that line, that direct line to the enabling of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what does the word of God says? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. And Jesus, in a sense, was our example of that very thing. So you opened up something here. I think on a practical level. People watching this for you. What does that look like for you to daily surrender yourself? Like there's people watching here. I know even for myself, I lear- I'm learning by listening. Is what does that look like for you, the average believer watching this? Man, I want everything God has. I want to be submitted to him. What does that look like on a daily basis? You know, how do I do this? Well, one, I, I think. How of, do I act like Jesus? Because <laughs> that's the command. All of us, right? yeah. Well, you know what he he tells us though. He, you know, we there's the gifts of the spirit, but then there's the fruit of the spirit, and all of that is Paul tells us: walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so, one of the key things is learning that dependency on the spirit. And I think that to a degree, we're all learning 
different dimensions of that. And there are times when I, I kind of miss that, but I think one of the things for me, what it looks like for me. Right. Pastor, leader over 30 years, different ministry positions. What does that look like for you? Well, it's, it's discerning when I'm up against a challenge that I feel is too big for me. Mm-hmm. Discerning, is this God leading me to a challenge of faith? Mm-hmm. And if it is, then I move ahead trusting that he will give me the resources that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, and you pray through it. Right. Uh, really marvelous. Um, Scott Wilson um, used to be a lead pastor at the Oaks Fellowship in uh, Red Oak, Texas. And he, um, you know, one of the, he kind of shared how when he's up against these kinds of challenges, um, you know, how he faces these things. In fact, he, he wrote a book called P3, kind of the whole process. And so if you're feeling it's God, if you bring that to God and then you bring the challenge to God. Um, and usually it's, multi, it's multifaceted sure. or it's several challenges at once. And you pray in the spirit. Yeah. And, 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 it's and, a big and, one right there. Yeah. Right. Lord, I just don't have this. First, you, you be straight. Lord, I just don't have this. What you're asking me to do, I just don't have this. This is way too big for me. But then um, you pray in the spirit. Um, so you, the, the, the first step there, I'm just kind of unpacking the steps here quickly. First Peter 5, 7 came to mind. Humble yourself under the sight of God. And cast all your, cast all your cares him upon him. Because he cares for you. So that's the first one. Very important. Yeah, and so... God, I give you this, give you my child, give you this. And, and, and actually, even part of that first one, though, is discernment. Because sometimes there's a reason... Sometimes something looks too big for a reason. Because it's not your lane. It's not what God that's called good. you to Excellent. do. So and you want to discern if this is something God calling you to engage really to, first do. of all. Yeah, yeah and, and that's a very important thing. And, and, and timing, of course, is an important element of that. But, yeah, you have to discern... Is this God challenging me? Is he, is, he, is he calling me out of the boat onto the water, as it were? Mm-hmm. Is he challenging me to multiply the loaves of fish? Is he challenging me um, to do this? Or is this something that the reason it's impossible is just because that's not my anointing? Right. Um, you know, but um, it, that's one of the things, and I tell our people all of the time, and, and this is a key thing. God doesn't ask you to do the difficult. God asks you to do the impossible. Any human being can do the difficult. And we can, we can just, we can work hard. We can give it our best right. human effort. We can, you know, we, we, can, we can give it our utmost and persevere and somehow come out on top or be successful in that endeavor. That's, you know, we as human beings have that. We have resiliency. We have um, the capacity to persevere um, even in the face of adversity. That's, good. That's the, doing the difficult. But God doesn't call people to do the difficult. Because... In the end, if you do the difficult, who gets the honor? You do. Yeah, absolutely. He calls you to do the impossible so that you look at that and you say, my goodness, there was absolutely, I know that there was no way I could have done what, done that. Yeah. And so that's a key thing. And, um, you know, is, is learning that, okay, if God is doing this. One of the things for me, what it looks like as well is trying to find confirmation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and, and if this is really God, and, and, and God will do that because God is faithful. Uh, it's a principle that I teach our people all the time. Out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. I said, when God leads you, he'll do that. Yeah. He'll show you in the word. He'll give you a witness. And there are many different ways that mm-hmm. God will confirm that's to right. you the way that you are to go. So that's another thing that I look for is confirmation. I think you hit on the essential part of community and relationships. You need e- you, We need each other. I mean... There's so many times that I feel like God is 
speaking to me, see, leading to something. But, and oftentimes it's not that I've missed what God has said. It's, oh, Abner, but have you considered this? Have you considered this? And when I hear other people feedback on what I feel like God is speaking to me, I go, oh, it's all fitting together now in this puzzle of, it wasn't, and I think sometimes, uh, I think one of the marks of immaturity is like, well, no, God just told me, so I'm going to go do it. Instead of filtering it through, and I, my experience as a leader is, a lot of times God has spoken to someone, but there's an immature response to what they said, and instead of maybe going to a leader, instead of maybe even asking their spouse, well, God told me. Well, you're assuming that you also know the process of how God wanted to play this out mm-hmm. and, and instead you, of getting the feedback from other people. Without a doubt. And you hit on something really important, too. And that's the value of godly counsel. Mm-hmm. The value, you know, what the scripture does say, um, the scripture says in the multitude of counselors, there is indeed wisdom. And it takes humility. Um, a lot to be of able, oh, brother, you know, and that's where I, you know, when at the, the older you get, the more you realize, hey, I can learn from other people, and I value counsel. Like for me, I value the counsel of my board, Amen. and I value the counsel of wise elders who can speak into my life. Now, of course, the key to that, though, too, is the value of wise counsel. You see, ungodly counsel right. is going to lead you astray. I mean, look at Rehoboam. Yeah. I mean, Rehoboam had counsel, but he just had the wrong counsel. I mean, he, he could have had the wise counsel of the elders, but instead he opted for the counsel of his peers, which really dealt, it really spoke to his pride, I think. That's he right. was, he Wait, was looking, I don't want to cut you off, but we gotta, we're going go, go to be back next week, but I want you, I want to just hit a few things. Sure. Discern, godly counsel, the need for community, Praying in the Spirit. And I want to say this one thing because I want you to pray for the people watching this. I have found that consistently praying, I mean, even today when I was driving to the church here today, just praying in the Spirit. Praying is prayed in the Spirit this morning. I have found a lot of the understanding that I'll get about something, they're kind of like, I call them like these floating God thoughts. And they just, like, I don't know exactly how to do this. And then this thought will just come to me. I was dealing with something... Uh, with leadership transition maybe about two weeks ago. And I'm just praying. And God puts this person's face. I said, I think I need to call this person. And it just comes up on the inside. But I believe a lot of that has to do with constantly just praying in the spirit and allowing. And the reason I say that, because sometimes people think it's like the angel is going to speak to him in the middle of the night. Jesus is going to come. And that might come. That's happened to me. But most of the time it comes as the voice of God comes in these fleeting thoughts or through other people that sometimes people, if they're not discerning what you went back to, they'll go, oh, that's just my own thought. You know, and that's, and that's the really neat thing where, you know, where there's value in praying in the Spirit. He says, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And Speaking of praying, I don't mean to rush you, but I want you to pray for means. the people watching this. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I just love this. These are called conversations because we started one place, but God began to emphasize something else. I just want you to pray for people watching this that they would, and you have about 50 seconds, they would pray that God would lead them, that you pray that they would lead the spirit-led life that God's called them to lead. Amen. 
My pleasure. Thank you, Father God. Lord, I just pray that you will, God, uh, for each person who is listening, Lord, I just pray that you would help them to be led by the Spirit and teach them, Lord, the sensitivity, the discernment to know when it is the Spirit who is speaking. So I bless them now to be able to find direction from the Spirit, to hear the leading of the Spirit. And I pray, Almighty God, that you would bless their steps, bless their endeavors as they look to you for guidance. And we thank you, Lord, that we can rely on you for this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We're honored that you've joined us. AbnerSuarez.com for all the information about our ministry. And we will see you next week.